0: Welcome to White Goat Radio here at the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Um, This past weekend, we had a program here at the Yiddish Book Center called Sabbath Days and Extinguished Stars, The Life and Work of Chaim Grada. I've asked Josh Price, one of our fellows, to join me in the studio to read and discuss one of Grada's poems, Ich wein auf eich mit alle oasis fundem alef Josh, welcome to White Goat Radio. Thank you. So before you read an excerpt from the poem, can you just tell me a little bit about what you did with the participants this weekend with this poem?
1: Sure. This was modeled on the classic case of a Yiddish lane cries, which is a reading circle. Um, There were about 15 people that came, and we just went around, and everyone read a paragraph or two, and um, throughout, we we discussed things as people had questions or contributions, Um, and of course made sure that everyone understood the words and stuff like that.
0: Great. Um, so can you read an excerpt from the poem?
1: Sure. I'll I'll read the beginning. Ich uh, wehn auf Eich mit alle Eusjes von einem Aleph-Bes, was ihr hat ihm vernutzt zu singen hoferdicke Lieder. Ich weiß von Eier ein geretter Hoffnung und weiss von Eier Flickte Herzer wie ein alter cider. Ich hab bei Eichenhäus genächtigt auf mein Navenad, und von mein Schlaf in eier Häus hab ich gehärt das Schorchen von Uffgeblätte schattens in a Zeit von Schmad, Gedenk ich es, wie er Chesset von Hachnosses Orchem, wie ich gedenk dem Russ, was hat der Langt mir breit beim Schwell, wie ich gedenk sein Heimland was vergeht in seine Blüten, Mit Breitkeit von em Step, mit Engschaft von der Tfiese mit Lieder auf der Wolge und Gebeugenkeit Der River hab ich ständig nachgesucht gesucht auf eich als Huss. Nit machmes eier teut, hab ich auf eich gefunden's Schussim. Bei eier Leben noch in Land von Rachwesigen Russ, hab ich gewusst, als in der Tief von herz seid ihr anusim.
0: Thank you. Um so what is this poem?
1: Yeah, this is a that's a that's a very good question. I mean the, the subtitle says Elegia of the Sovietish Yiddish Schreiber elegy for the Soviet Yiddish writers. And it's not a traditional elegy in that he's he's um rather ambivalent about exactly what their legacy is and I think is trying to to remake their legacy. The Soviet Yiddish writers um were a group of poets and literary critics and uh, people involved in Soviet Yiddish theater um, in the late 20s and early 30s who um, eventually became too poisonous for the Stalinist regime, um, sort of in the immediate aftermath of World War II. And 12 of them, uh, I think, were, were executed on one night in August, 1952. Um, and Grada names all these all these figures um, and sort of collectivizes them into one literary movement.
0: Who were some of these writers?
1: Yeah, so I'll just give a list that Grada lists. Um, uh, David Bergelson, Arne Kushnirov, David Hofstein, Solomon Michals, uh let's see, Dernister, Leib Kvitko, Itzik Pfeffer, Peretz Markisch, and yeah, all of these, all of these figures, sort of were attached to different literary movements. Um, some in the Yiddish theater. All were, nearly all of them, were also involved in the um, Jewish Anti-Fascist Committee, um, which was a sort of propaganda tool to raise awareness of the Soviet war effort um, and solicit material donations. It became a sort of Jewish representative uh, for the Soviet Union abroad.
0: Can you give a Loose translation or summary of the part of the poem that you read?
1: Sure. Um, So the first line, I'm I'm crying for you with all the letters of the Aleph base. Um, And then he talks about um, the poet's sort of murdered hearts um, and how this is like an old prayer book. Um, And, yeah, he, he talks about how... They're, they're sort of embodied in the Russian landscape. Um, and he talks about his own personal memories of, of this landscape and um, the whip of the, of the Russian um, and how they're, they're sort of all wrapped up in this, this one psychological scene. Um, and he's saying that he always looked um, for a way to honor them. And he's saying that not through their deaths, um, have a, will I find a way to honor you, but through your life. Um, yeah, and at the very end of the first paragraph, he says that uh, he knows that sort of deep inside there's this subterranean Jewishness, even if they didn't know it, and he calls them anusim, um, like Maranos, Jews who were forced to convert.
0: Why does he invoke that imagery of the Maranos, which are, I mean, those were the Spanish Jews, who were first to convert under the Inquisition.
1: Yeah, so Grada clearly sees sort of Soviet orthodoxy um, and Stalinism and as just that, an orthodoxy, um, and that sort of these, these figures who got wrapped up in the idea of um, post-1917 Russia as this Garden of Eden um, were ultimately deluded because it ended in, in tragedy. Um, of course, this is sort of convenient and indulgent retrospection, but, um, I mean, Grata himself was not wrapped up in that, so I guess he speaks from a position of relative power here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, one observation that was made during the weekend was that this poem is not strictly sentimental and flattering towards the people he's elegizing. So how can he get away with with being critical of these people that were murdered in cold blood, essentially.
1: Yeah. So what he does, I mean, that's, that's part of why some parts are so tragic and disturbing. Um, at one point he says, um, I forget which poet it was. Um, but he says, you know, you came to me at night and you told me don't speak against Russia. Um, don't speak against Russia. And he says to this poet, murdered poet, what would you now tell me? Um, yeah, so so this is a really disturbing note and um what makes the elegy so curious I think how he gets around this is um insisting on this undercurrent of what he calls Yiddish Loshen um Jewish language that they had and that even if they even if they didn't know it per se these were still deeply Jewish poets um and they deserve today to be remembered as deeply Jewish poets, sort of in spite of of being deceived um, by the Soviet Union. Um, and he, yeah, he basically seeks to inscribe these poets and himself within this larger title of of the Jewish poet, the poet of the Jewish people, um, as Justin Cami said at the end of his lecture. Um, and he includes all of them at the end in this lament about how no one will remember me or or these people. Of course, that's ironic because we are remembering him through this poem and reading it still today.
0: Mm-hmm. And through the weekend that we had at the yes. book center. Yeah. Um, so do you know if he had in, any kind of personal connection to any of these specific writers? I'll just remind our listeners that Grata spent the uh World War II years mostly in the Soviet Union, he fled Vilna and Lithuania and crossed the border into the Soviet Union. So I'm wondering if he had any kind of personal connection to these writers. He he definitely did to the place itself, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure about what sort of physical contact he might have had. Um but clearly in his imagination, um and throughout the poem, I mean there these are spirits coming to him at night and talking to him, um, and he talks about their physical features, like Parrot's Markish's crazy hair or David Bergelson's big fat lip. Um, yeah, so these were these are real humans in his eyes at the same time as something beyond human, deserving of deserving of poetic remembrance.
0: Okay, Josh. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. You've been listening to White Goat Radio, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit our website, www.yiddishbookcenter.org slash audio. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Sej mir stark und gesund. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.